Hello and welcome to Alchemy Radio, the home of the open mind. Thank you for tuning in and hopefully you're enjoying the show and the variety of eye and ear opening guests that we endeavour to bring you on a regular basis. We're currently free, completely non-profit and available on demand from alchemyradio.net and iTunes. And our listenership is increasing daily, which is great. Unfortunately, so are the associated costs. We rely on donations to keep the show in its current free and advertising-free format and are extremely grateful for any help you can offer. We put no fixed costs on your donations and every little helps. So, for example, if you could spare even the price of a cup of coffee every month, it would go a long way towards keeping us afloat. Our donate button is on the website and your support and assistance is hugely appreciated. You can check us out now as well on Twitter and Facebook. Get following and interacting with us with all your feedback, guest suggestions, and any other input indeed. So, on to the show. This week's show is about empowerment, inspiration, and solutions to many of the problems that we frequently discuss on Alchemy Radio. Our guest is Tara Ahmed, and she will be speaking about The Reset. The Reset's proposal, in a nutshell, is the abolition of current methods of economic and social slavery, and it does it in a very, very pertinent way. I think this chat is going to be extremely interesting. I think it's something that people should certainly listen to until the end. All feedback following the chat will be extremely well received and gratefully accepted indeed, but I think it would be something that interests a lot of people, not just in the UK. We will be speaking about the UK during this conversation but around the globe because it's not just in the United Kingdom that this information is valuable it's absolutely everywhere so have a listen with an open mind see what you think listen to the whole conversation and if you're in any way inspired well we'll give you details on how you can get involved if you so wish Tara you're very welcome to Alchemy Radio how are things? Um, really well thank you very much thank you for having me on here well, it's and a thank pl- you to Mark Devlin for putting us two together Well, a big thank you to Mark. Mark, who we've had on the show, of course, and it's always well worth checking out that interview. He's a really good guy doing some fantastic research of his own. And he did make the contact, and I'm very glad that he did, because we're going to have some chat, I think. We've uh, a lot of stuff that is uh, common to both of us, and I think it's going to be very, very interesting. But before we get into the reset and what, what that's all about, tell us a little bit about your background. The question I ask everybody, how did you get from where you were, Tara, to where you are now? Well, I'm a very sort of normal person. I had a normal nine to five job. I was in the rat race. I hated it. Um, I was looking always to better my life, um, get out of, you know, being a really um, a servant to whoever the company was that I was working for. Um, So I, I did sort of about I don't know, five, six years ago, started looking at um, alternative ways of being my own boss. Um, and whilst I was doing that, I also discovered self-development. And and then I also discovered all of this amazing stuff uh, online um, with uh, the things that have been hidden from us. So I knew about 9-11 being an inside job. I, I knew uh, a lot about what the pharmaceutical industry was about. But then I was led to lots of other things, really horrific, shocking things. Um, You know, the the Vatican, the royal family, um, all of these secret societies, uh, things like uh, fracking, 
chemtrails, geoengineering, mm. um, a huge, huge amount of things. Um, what they are pushing through, through the UN with Agenda 21, really to, to wipe out most of humanity. And it was, you know, I, I became sort of, for the last sort of five years, almost um, obsessive in doing research. So I never focused on any one particular area I was researching everything um, and really, you know, I, I got to a stage where it was quite a dark stage at, at one point and I knew that there was something that we had to do, that we were always talking about the problems everywhere, everyone, all the groups, but there was nobody offering a solution. So about a year ago, I was really searching for a solution and the only thing that I could think of uh, that would lead to a solution was somehow uniting all the diverse uh, organizations, all the diverse movements, organizing us so that we unite towards one particular goal. In by ourselves, in in our in our segregated in our ghettos, we weren't getting very far. We were just banging on about the problem. People were calling us conspiracy theorists, conspiracy theorists. You know, we were obviously converting some people. You know, the, the movement was growing slowly, but we that wasn't it wasn't fast enough for me. So last um, uh, last year, towards the end of last year, I thought, okay, let me organise a, a truth conference where where I can organise various different people groups come to to come together to unite um, and see see how we can move this forward. I didn't have a solution, but my whole push was that we, that we it has to be something where we come together, where we unite. Mm. So I've, I've never organized a, a, a truth conference. Um, it was one of the hardest things I ever did. It's called Seek, Speak, Spread Truth. Um, and it took place last year. It was uh, a, a pretty, very good success, even, you know, not counting that it was my first time. It was it was a really good success. But what I still didn't get from that was, you know, there was lots of call to action. I said to the speakers, I want them, I want them to empower people with the truth, not hit people with a truth stick. Um, but in spite of all of that, there wasn't one solution that could unite us. So I was on this, you know, this uh, research into finding the solution, and I'd been researching law for rebellion, um, common law, sovereignty movement, Freeman, and for for over a year, I was just getting a, a, the feedback that it's not something that is going to unite all the people. Mm. So I'm very determined. It wasn't just the truth as I wanted to unite. I needed we needed to unite the whole country all all the people and finally I, I you know settled upon okay so from from the focus groups that I spoke to from from the meetings that I went to people were very reluctant to go down the Freeman route or the lawful rebellion route it was too much for them to take on it was too much of a risk so I thought okay let's start campaigning on uniting the country on stopping to pay the TV license, the BBC TV license, right. because of their collusion, obviously, with, with, uh, with terrorism, um, which is proven in lots of different ways um, to do with uh, when Building 7 went down, for example, and they announced it 23 minutes before it went down, so they, they, they would have known, and all the connections with the paedophilia that are coming out. 
Um, so, so I thought, okay, let's let's do that. If people taste the power by by stopping to pay the TV license and they, in speech marks, get away with it, then they can take the next step. But that didn't really go far enough for me, and it was going to be too slow, and I was very unhappy about doing it. And just at the time, you know, we we met to. Can we, I was working with someone at the time, and and he had done the all the work that was required for the for the um the website, and I was, but I just wasn't feeling happy with it. And at, on that day, I heard about the the um the the concept of the reset. It wasn't called the reset at the time, and I just thought this is it. This is something that deals with with the problems that we're having of corruption with the bankers, with the politicians and with the corporations at the foundational level. I really got that. And I really got that it, there's a possibility that we can unite the whole country because it was to do with taxes, something that appeals to everyone. So that's how I got from my little story from where I was to where I am now. So it brings us to the reset and let's talk about that. Um, what exactly is the reset, Tara? Because the objective that you set out there is a grand objective and a lot of people would be quite cynical about it from the off and they would say, well, I mean, that's impossible. We are all kind of divided anyway and ruled because of it, but there's no way of uniting everybody. We all want the same thing and most people acknowledge that, but very few people are willing to actually look at the hows because they find it, I suppose, too much of an effort to, they, they want, a lot of people want the work done for them, I guess, and they don't want to necessarily take the risk as they perceive it. So what is the reset and how is it different from, for example, some of the, uh, some of the movements that you have described uh, heretofore? Well, some of the movements like the, the Lawful Rebellion, the Freeman, the Sovereignty Movement, they do require an awful lot of uh, work that the individual had to do on their own and then the individual takes on the system on their own yeah so there's a lot of risk there reset is completely the opposite it's about uniting all the people to take collective action without ever putting themselves at risk so I was discovering that a lot of the lawful rebellion and the freemen people, they were getting snagged in the system. They were losing their homes. Um, they were losing their possessions, their cars. They were being made bankrupt. They were having to leave the country. All of that, I felt you know, completely uneasy about then um, to, to promote because I would never, ever want to have it on my head that because of something that I, I was uh, promoting that someone lost anything. The reset, you are completely safe from, uh, from any risk to yourself and to your possessions. So how can that and, be then? Well, the way it works... Um, first of all, the, the, the most people is probably nobody there's, there's, apart from the, the corporations who obviously have loopholes where they don't pay tax. But then the rest of us, the majority of us, more than 99% indeed, we would all say we pay too many taxes. So everyone from the sun reader, from your professor, from your musician, to your, um, to your academics, to your you know, anyone, students, whatever, every single person, it doesn't matter what race you're from, it doesn't matter what culture you're from, what, what your background is, we would always say that we're paying too much taxes and we would rather pay less. 
if we can still have great services, we would rather pay less and the, the, the taxes should come from someone who's, who's earning a lot more. So what we found or what some constitutional experts and researchers have found is that taxes were only ever a wartime measure. So we should not be taxed right now because we have not declared war. There are British troops who are at war uh, through the UN, but we haven't been invaded. We're not being bombed. Okay, so to, just interject attacked. for a second, Tari. You're saying taxes are only a war measure. Where where does that idea come from? But surely we all have to pay taxes, and that's just an accepted thing. Well, where does the war come it, we, from? We only have to pay taxes if and when we were being attacked. So the personal and the income taxes were only brought in when the government needed extra funds to pay for armaments. And they said, okay, you know, this is a temporary measure. And this has happened throughout history. Mm. So they bring them in and, uh, uh, for, for temporary purposes. And then, they, and then usually when they should remove them, they don't. So this is the situation right now. We are not at war. We are being taxed. And this is in our constitution that states that, war, that uh, sorry, taxes were only ever a wartime measure. So now, how, if we know that, how do we still go about abolishing them? And again, this is something that the researchers have found, that we have a really ancient structure in place still, where we have the power, the people have the power from the local level to call for a referendum. So all, all these years that we've been begging the government to, to, for a referendum about Europe, about the wars, about various different things, we've been asking and begging the government. And the go government keeps, or the, or, or the parties keep promising, yes, when we get, get into power, you can have a referendum. And, and then it never comes. We don't have to do that. We can go to, they're called parishes, and it's nothing to do with churches. Originally, the local priest would look after the, 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 the local parish, and if there were poor people or whatever, he would look after them with the, you know, the, the charity money that was given to the church. Um, but that's no longer what happens. They, these local parish meetings are for you know, your local fates or something that's going on at, at, at a local level. But one thing that it has, which is the most powerful tool that we have available to us, is to call for a referendum, which then leads to a constitutional convention. And that constitutional convention is something that sits higher than the Queen, than the government, and then the, uh, the uh, judiciary. So it's that the, the Constitutional Convention is the highest authority in the land. I think it's a little known fact that there actually is a constitution in the UK. People think and assume that the Queen or the Crown is the supreme ruler, whereas there actually is a constitution and that yes. is meant to be the set of rules under which every other area of governance sits. So essentially the same as a constitution here in Ireland which trumps any kind of legislature or act or statute. That situation yes. does exist in the UK contrary to, to popular belief and that's where we're coming from on this. Yes, you know, do you know what? This is absolutely deliberately 
misinformation that's been spread. I remember being taught that we do not have a constitution, that we do not have a written constitution. And that is, we don't have a codified constitution, but we have a constitution and it's written down and it's written down in various different places, but it's written and we have one and it's higher than the Queen and it's higher than the judiciary and it's higher. Most importantly, it's higher than the government, which at the moment is what's strangling us through the corporations owning them through the corporations controlling the government and then the government controlling the people. So this constitution overrides all of them. It's higher than any of them. And the most amazing fact that's come out, and this is all hidden from us, that the country has gone to the parish and called for a referendum, which has gone to a constitutional convention 45 times in the last 800 years. In fact, not the 800, in the last 799 years. 45 times this has been done. 45 times it's been done without any modern communication, without the internet, without telephones. The country has got together over an issue And it's always an issue to do with corruption and or taxes, always. Nothing, there's there's not ever been any other issue. 45 times the country has pulled together and said enough, this is unlawful, this goes against any uh, any of our rights and freedoms and liberties that are contained in our constitution, and they have reset it. They've called for a constitutional convention and reset it 45 times. The judiciary, the parliament and the queen have adhered. They've abided by whatever has been called for. There's absolutely no reason why it wouldn't be adhered to again. And that's absolutely fascinating because, again, the existing paradigm that's presented to all of us is that we don't have any power, that we're just the little man or the little woman on the street and there's nothing we can do about it. But uh, what you're talking about flies completely in the face of that. So have you any examples that spring to mind of when that happened or how recently it might have happened before we go on to how it can be made happen right now? Okay, so the last last time it happened has been over 300 years ago, and it's around the time when all those 13 families, the Rothschilds, the Warburgs and co. in um, Hamburg, when they got together and they pooled their money together, so they united and they went to all the European royalties and, and the European aristocracy and said, look, we've got all this money. We can give to you to fund your wars. Look, you have Asia there, Africa there with all their riches. Mm. With, you have America. And you can, you can build your ships and you can pay for your armies and we can provide you with the money. And then you can tax the people and then pay us back and pay us back, you know, a hundredfold. And that's where the collusion happened between between those 13 families and the European uh, royalty and aristocracy. And that's where everything, all our protections, whereas before the barons and the lords and the common people actually would unite when when things were unlawful and, and, and they would unite and, and, and uh, challenge them. Now they became part and parcel of uh, of this um, foreign entity that came, you know, with their money and bribed bribed them and said, you know, you can have all these riches 
And the common man, 99% of the people in England and, or United Kingdom, then became permanent slaves. Um, and all of this was hidden from them. So for all intensive so, purposes, what we looked at there was probably the first example in the UK of corporate takeover. Yes, you're, that's a good way of putting it, actually, yes. So since then, of course, we have been, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's the same people providing the money and then taking it from everybody else who are the ones who yes. are setting our education system in motion and that kind of yes. thing. So that, that explains, of course, why we're not necessarily hearing about this every day of the week and why we're certainly not being taught it in state-sponsored uh, educational facilities. So through the research that you've done and what you've uncovered, where did it lead you next, Tara? Well, when these, obviously these people were researching, um, they were academics and, and then they got together with, um, you know, some, some other people. We had some other skills. We had, uh, you know, contacts. And the main thing is that we are all passionate and really committed to transforming not just this country but we we can we see that this is this, this is a time where there's going to be universal transformation from the old paradigm to the new so it's it's just really it's been a few months that that we we've got together i i knew some of the people anyway from from beforehand um, and we were all looking for this solution really you know quite i mean i i, I can i can certainly uh, speak for myself and say I, I was sort of um, desperate for a solution. And this is something that, and I, and I looked everywhere and looked at lots of different um, opportunities out there, but this is something that's very comprehensive and very dynamic. Um, it's not, it's not going to get us from A to Z. We're not going to be from where we are to utopia. So we're not going to go from Corp corrupt corporate control, uh, bankers, money, um, you know, the, the, the politicians to complete paradise, you know, moneyless society uh, automatically. We are a vehicle that's going to take us to our power. It's going to enable then us to take us all the way to utopia. It's the only thing I can see out there that can take us to where we can become so empowered and so and, and do this so quickly and so effortlessly and so peacefully that we can then go from there to, you know, grand juries, to prosecuting the bankers and, and, and the corporations, uh, to and the royal family and then the priests, all of that really quickly. Okay, so let's talk about accountability for a second, because what, we're t what we essentially want with this is accountability. People have to be held, or corporations, or entities, whatever it is, have to be held accountable for their actions. And it's only the people who can do that if they decide to club together. So how exactly, what's the mechanism that, um, that, that you've uncovered or put together that allows this to happen? Because we have seen a level of accountability in, for example, Iceland over the last five years or so. We see it to a certain degree in Switzerland with their direct democratic system, which uh, for all its flaws is a little bit better than the, uh, than the systems that exist around the world. So how do we hold 
those that we perceive, and when I say we, I'm using broad brushstrokes, but those that we perceive to be above us, accountable for what it is they do so that they can work in our best interest because that's what they tell us all the time. We're working in your best interest. We'll tax you to the hilt for you. And we all know it's nonsense, but how can we hold them accountable? Well, first of all, we plan on going to our parish elections this September. So until September, we're campaigning full out to get the word to, to get the word out there that uh, this is what Reset's proposing. We're proposing to abolish taxes, and we're proposing to replace it with a one percent transaction tax. So when they go to their parish, they're voting on one issue, which is abolition of all personal income taxes. And by the way, there are over 300 personal income taxes. So we're, we're proposing that we get rid of your, obviously, your income tax, which might be 25% or 45%, whichever bracket you're in. Uh, also getting rid of, obviously, the 9% national insurance contribution. Once we pay that 34% minimum, we are being taxed 20% every single time we buy an item of clothing, furniture, food, shopping, whatever. Mm. So when we go to the supermarket and, and we pay £30, we're, and, oh, sorry, we, we pay you know, £50 or whatever we pay for our shopping, £10 of that is tax. Whenever we uh, buy fuel, I think 80% of that is tax. Yeah. So we're abolishing all of those council tax, road tax, fuel tax. They don't even leave us when we die. They, they charge us inheritance tax. So it's getting rid of all these 300 plus taxes to be replaced by 1% transaction tax. So now people might think, well, if we're only paying 1%, then we're going to hardly make any money for the Treasury. So how do we pay for our schools and hospitals and roads, etc.? The, the, the way that the corporations have, have uh, got their stranglehold at the moment is by bribing maybe half a dozen, maybe a dozen MPs to, to push these laws through, which have loopholes, which allow them not to pay a single penny in taxes. So they have their money in trusts. They have their money in uh, offshore accounts. They come here to this country and they do millions of pounds of, of business, trillions of pounds of business, and they don't pay a single penny. And then the government or whoever the MPs are that are involved, they get their kickback, you know, maybe a few million pounds. And they obviously have to distract the masses from the real culprit, so they say, oh, the scroungers, the, the benefits, the mm. disabled people, the mm. foreigners, they're the ones to blame. They might be, you know, there might be a, a fraction of them who are scrounging, who you know, really are. Maybe there's a few million pounds worth of scrounging going on. But they're taking, the, they're taking away the focus from the real parasites, from the real scroungers, these multi-million, multi-billion dollar companies who don't pay a single penny. So we've got companies like Google, Starbucks, Amazon, Tesco's, Asda, um, gosh, there's a whole load, eBay. These companies don't pay a penny towards any of the business, any of the money, any of the masses of profits that they make in this country. When they are being charged 1% because they cannot have, there's no other way that they can do business but by doing them through the banking system, the transactions as they go back and forth. 
through the banking system. Whenever there's a transaction, they pay 1%. And 1% on their millions and billions will bring us three times the amount that the current 300 plus taxes are bringing us. So these are according to last year's figures, so 2013 figures, the Treasury collected £470 billion pounds, um, through all the 300 plus taxes. And if we, abol- if we had abolished those last year, the transactions that went through just uh, backs and chaps, um, these are just two of the banking uh, uh, transaction systems, yep. and that's not including PayPal and other, other transaction systems. Just on those... The, the, these big corporations and anyone else who, who was uh, doing business, they would have been charged 1% and that would have brought us over £1.5 trillion, more than three times the amount. So if we're basing it on last year's figures, this is what we're projecting would be for, for this year's as well. We will get over a trillion pounds extra and that trillion pounds extra, what are we going to do with it? There's so much. I mean, it's abundance. We're, we are talking about abundance for all like we have never, ever known before. That's absolutely staggering because what you've just described for me there is quite literally a solution. I mean, 1% transaction fee is not going to put anybody out of business. Nobody has been crippled. Absolutely nobody. No. And yet three times the money is coming into the exchequer. So with one clean sweep, that wipes out the argument that, oh, well, we'll there'll be anarchy or we'll have no money to run the country. By God, the money will be there. And not only will it be there, it will be there at a scale that has never been seen before. Yes. I mean, I'm, I just love the idea that all these big, disgusting, parasitic corporations that work on the enslavement of others, they are not going to go, you know, they're, they're not going to go disappear overnight. They're going to still be there. Mm. But it, it's going to be like the appendix that um, once you stopped using it, it just shriveled up. They were, they will very quickly shrivel up. So in the first few years or so, or however long it takes, let's let's take as much money from them as possible and do whatever we need to, to fix the country. Um, and then very soon we'll be in a situation where we won't need money. We won't need their, you know, to, to we won't need corporations or anything to, to tax them in order to um, make or, or get the money to, to do the sort of things that we want to do. So just to fast forward a little bit and to expand on that statement, what would the ideal society be then, assuming that uh, this comes to pass and everything is as you visualize it? Well, the other thing that uh, is, is I, I need to explain to you, the, the way the legal structure, the, the way that uh, the United Kingdom is structured is that it is a trust and therefore the people, the, the people who live in the United Kingdom, we are the trustees, the MPs are the administrators. So. If there's a trust and it's making money, mm. as the United Kingdom is, then the trustees are entitled to a dividend. So the way that we are going to distribute or we're proposing to distribute this money is that as a trustee, every single man, woman and child 
there's so much money there that every single man, woman and child in the United Kingdom will be entitled to a dividend, or you can call it a living wage, of seven and a half thousand pounds every single year, mm -hmm. tax-free. And that will get rid of all the, the, the stress that people are under of having to do dead-end jobs that are meaningless, that are, there's absolutely no intrinsic value in them whatsoever. And some people might say, oh, if you're being, you know, if you're give, giving someone a wage, that they'll just stop working. They, people will have to contribute towards their local community and a local project. So anyone who's over the age of, I think it's 18, um, will have to contribute a few hours and they choose, you know, what, what they want to do. It might be, I don't know, working in the bakery or, or whatever. And it's going to create the most amazing culture of living and working and helping your fellow community and contributing, which is something that, you know, you're, you hark back to the indigenous peoples, how they, how they live and how they lived close to nature. They lived close to each other. They made their decisions jointly. And that's how we envisage this will very quickly um, make uh, a manifest. And the other thing that um, obviously with uh, uh, this ex all this extra money, what we're proposing is that it's, it's all about devolution as well. So once we take this power, the, the reason why we've gone wrong in the past is we've, we've given the power back to the MPs for them to represent us. Mm. And that is not going to happen anymore. We, we will represent ourselves at community level. So the money that the, the Treasury will get will be very quickly distributed to the constituencies. And we've calculated that there's um, each constituency will get about £200 million and it will be the local constituents who will then decide what they want to do with that money in their local area. And this is, again, these are uh, things that we're putting forward uh, to do with um, direct democracy, that they, the people won't just have a vote on, on a policy, that they will actually be consulted and they can get involved as much or as little and whichever policy making they want to get involved with. And it, it will be completely devolved not completely there'll be you know your road building mm. maybe a really uh, you know personally I, I think things like armies and and definitely nuclear weapons and all of that will completely stop very quickly so as, what would you say then for those people who say but we need an army we need to be able to defend ourselves um, i mean that's why it's there it's not that we want to go out and attack people yeah. but we need to defend ourselves because there are well to, to to be honest it will be for the people to decide so there's there's so, some things that you know reset is proposing which is very fundamentally abolishing taxes to be replaced by one percent the other things it will be up to the people to decide and even the one percent it could be that once it goes to the parish level and then then there's uh, they they pick a representative that goes to the regional convention it could be that they decide actually why why 1% why not 2% why not 3% um it, it that's for the people to decide and 
I am happy to go with whatever the people decide. I'm not ever happy to go with what uh, an MP who you know who's supposed to represent me decides. And of course, that's where the system of direct democracy, as opposed to the pseudo democracy that we're sold at the moment, comes in. Yes. So just some other things that spring to mind. I really like where you're coming from with devolution because I was about to interject at one point and say, yeah, well, a collectivist system is fine, but where did that get socialist states in the past? And I mean, led to communism and that kind of thing. But devolution is is important. And that's where the empowerment of the people comes in as opposed to the empowerment of a set centralized uh, government or system of control. And that that's very, very different what you're proposing there from what has existed in the past. But... Let's imagine that the system comes into place and everything's going really well and all the really big corporations then decide, right, well, the UK is, uh, is no good for us. We can go to, I don't know, some other country and we can do our business there and expand and grow. And they, if they move out and all of a sudden this huge tranche of 1% has been lost, could you perceive a situation where that would happen, Tara? And if it did, what would the state of play be then? So say, you know, Starbucks and McDonald's and Burger King, all of these corporations, they've got all their outlets here. Mm. And they, you know, say they make, I don't know, 100 million a year. I mean, it's much more than that in, in profits. Yeah. Do you really think that they would sacrifice 99 million because now they have to pay 1 million? Personally, I don't. But if they were to club together, as many of them have done in the past... And they said, right, well, we'll put the squeeze on for three, four, five years or whatever. And uh, we'll let the UK sweat it out. And then let them go. Back. Do we really want McDonald's and Starbucks? Do we really? Do we? Personally, no. We, but so, I, I would like their 1% to be coming into the Exchequer in, in, so, in the reset so, style yeah, situation. You're, you're, you're right. So it would be nice to have an extra trillion pounds. So so if we don't get the extra trillion pounds, then then uh, we only still pay 1% transactions. So we still have a massive increase in the real in, in, in the real value of our money. If they go, we we then, you know, we, we might have to sacrifice our dividend of seven and a half thousand pounds. Obviously, mm-hmm. we might not get the 200 million, which would enable us to have the most amazing uh, Montessori schools, maybe or or the organic farming, etc. You know, we might not be able to go from the, the absolute dire situation that we're in at the moment um, to absolute abundance and um, to, to have, you know, almost whatever we want, we, we would have to maybe sacrifice our £7,500. We'd have to go from maybe £200 million to a constituency to maybe £100 million. And, and But we'll still be able to get rid of GMO if we decide. We'll still be able to get rid of fracking because we're going to decide who we pay that money to. If we are not prepared to pay money to someone to spray us, we, we will not pay that money and they will not be able to do that. If we decide not to pay Monsanto, mm. then we won't be poisoned. There's going to be still tons of amazing things that we still can do in spite of uh, not having, uh, you know, the extra one trillion pounds. And that's what I was getting at there, because if you remove those corporations, the system still sustains itself because the yeah. people have invested themselves in it. It's not that those yeah. corporations are essential to it. It's that if they yeah. decide to stay, well, the people benefit hugely from it. And if they don't, well, do you know what? The world still turns. It's fine. 
I, I actually believe that um, very quickly people will, the, the, the masses we're talking about, the unawakened, they will realize what a scam these corporations are, what poisons there are in McDonald's, for example, and they will walk away, they will vote with their feet, and they will naturally go out of business anyway. These big, massive corporations, Pepsi, McDonald's, Burger King, well, all of them, very quickly will go out of business anyway. They will not be in a position to choose to leave the United Kingdom. They will become obsolete in the United Kingdom very fast. I think you're right. A good example of that, we mentioned Iceland earlier, is McDonald's. McDonald's withdrew in 2013 from Iceland. And mainly that was down to the fact that it was no longer sustainable for their business because the new direct democratic system that had been put in place had designed itself to protect indigenous industry and indigenous business. So while, for example, a fast food outlet in Reykjavik that is um, a domestic outlet is booming in Iceland McDonald's just couldn't function now it doesn't mean you can't get your your bag of chips or your french fries or whatever you want to call them in Iceland of course you can you just won't get it from McDonald's anymore yeah I mean this is what we envisage will happen here as well so people will realize um, and what, what what the big scam is and they will give their money to local businesses they will give their money to their local farmers and we will have a rebirth of local industries once again. So what's the next step then? How do we make this become a reality? Right, so it's it's so simple to do. Everyone needs to go onto www.thereset.org, have a look at the website. There's all you need to do is put your email and your postcode in which will flag up which parish you belong to. And every time another person in your parish joins, you will have the opportunity, with this is a new facility we're just bringing out in a few days' time, you will have the facility to contact that person. So we won't do it automatically. If you choose to, then you, you, you carry on and, and you can communicate with them on email, phone, whatever. And the idea is to get people to, to meet up, start talking very quickly. The minimum people that we need by law in a parish to call for this referendum is only 10. 10 people? Only 10, yes. It's such a it's such an easy thing to, 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 to do. So once you join, you know, you, you can't just sit, sit on your backside. Um, you, you need to go out there and talk to your local people. It's because if you, if it's only you or if it's only even, even if it's only nine other people, it won't count, it will count for now. So you have to be proactive, talk to people. If you go somewhere and you really enjoy something, a meal or a film, you naturally go and talk to other people about it. It's really brilliant. I recommend you go and do it or see it or eat it or whatever. Now, once you know the possibility of the reset, which is abundance for all, which is justice, which is truth, which is accountability, which is complete transformation of this country, if you join, you then know all of that. And if you then don't promote it, if you then don't share it, then it's just ludicrous because it's something that you re- if you're really passionate about, you want to share it. So share it, talk to other people. And in September, 
we plan on calling for the parish elections. Now, even though it's minimum 10 people, obviously to be on the safe safe side in case there are uh, shills, in case there are no shows, you know, aim for at least a minimum 15 to 20 people Mm. to be registered in your local parish to be on the safe side. And then, you know, we, we help you. There's um, a, a little, a few things that you need to do in order to have a parish meeting. Um, you need to advertise it first in a local paper and, you know, maybe in a local supermarket, a, a, a few things. You need to have a certain notice period um, for people to know. And then you have your parish meeting, you have your vote, which is going to be, you know, all worded for you. Um you know, I, I don't know exactly how it would be, but simply calling for the abolition of all taxes to be replaced by 1%. Who agrees? And um, and then from that group of people, 15, 20 people, I'm hoping in some of the parishes there will be hundreds of people turning up. You pick a representative who then goes to the regional convention. And um, and then from the regional convention, we which will be a month later, from the region convention, we put together, or the people put together, the representatives put together, a constitutional convention. And that, you know, may be called a charter of freedoms or a charter of liberties. So we've had, you know, for example, Magna Carta um, of 1215 and then 1297, we have a petition of rights. We have a bill of rights. So this will be for next year for 12.15 that the people will be consulted and, and, and they'll come up with one. It'll be essentially, you, you know, what's enshrined in our constitution anyway. Um, it'll just be tweaked. It'll just be reset. And next year, this is why it's so perfectly timed and it's, you know, I feel that it's destined to, to be like this. I, I feel that it's... Um, you know we're divinely guided next year is actually the 800 year anniversary of the magna carta so it's uh, it was signed in 1215 next year 15th of june uh 2015 will be 800 years and that's our uh, goal our date that everything will be done and dusted by then in terms of presenting the constitutional convention and having it having it accepted or uh, it's 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 required anyway. So having that uh, go into our history books and for everything to start um, to to take place. Then you know the the teal to be replacing the three hundred plus taxes that are going to be abolished. Um, the the people being given their seven and a half thousand pounds per per annum. Um, it's it's going to be huge next year. I imagine, I envisage, I have this beautiful vision. It's going to be the most glorious summer ever. It's going to be, I think, probably the whole of June is just going to be party season. Um, nobody's going to bother going away abroad in June next year. It's it's everyone's going to be just absolutely dancing for joy, knowing what's happening. 15th of June it's going to be sealed stamped uh, and 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 just it's going to be nationwide all the people united all the people coming together all the people um, in joy in harmony enjoying abundance so then in terms of the current uh, system that exists 
How is that automatically displaced? That's just one thing I'm a little bit unclear of. To, to get to that date then in, in 2015, um, and once that date comes, what are the politicians going to do? Surely it's going to be a case of the politicians saying, well, I mean, these guys can do what they like, but we're, we're not for moving. So, I mean, how, how does that transition take place in practical terms? Well, the politicians have 45 times in the history of this country accepted every single time there's, there's been a reset. So there's nothing that they can do lawfully. Now, these people, they are very corrupt and they will, they will pull the wool over your eyes. But if you know and if you stand in your power and you quote the law, they, they cannot back down. And when they see the power of the people coming together, they, there's nothing that they will be able to do. When the lawful rebels go as individuals, when the, when the freemen go as individuals, it's very easy for the state to, to penalize that person, that individual. It will be impossible for the state to penalize the whole country. When there was the riots with the poll tax, for example, they had to relent. They had to scrap the poll tax, even though it wasn't done in a, you know, in a in a lawful and peaceful way. Um, they they got the the force of the people. They got the power of the people, and they had to abide and they had to scrap it. And they will do the same this time. So it goes back essentially to the beginning of our conversation and there is a constitution there in the UK. It's not the case that necessarily the politicians can do exactly what they like. Now, we know they have been doing that, but quite simply, that's because most people don't realize that the power they have and when they come together, it becomes more than the sum of the parts, to use that old cliche. So it is the case that if this is presented, it has to be looked at. And if there are enough people behind it, it can't be ignored. For example, if I decided to do this and I walked up to, uh, to my local politician, I said, right, here's what I want to happen, A, B, C and D. I mean, he can talk to me, he can listen to me, he can say that he'll do what he wants. And he'll then throw my document in the fire because he realizes mm. I'm just me. Whereas if there That's is right. actually some kind of a knock-on effect there, uh, they're obliged to do it. But again... Another thing, whether they're obliged to do it or not, they realize they're going to be out of a job if they do it. So what if they all just decide to say, well, well, no, we're the ones with control of the army. And I'm playing extreme devil's advocate here, okay? But there will be many people out there who are thinking, well, this just simply can't happen. It's too far out of my existing paradigm for me to be able to, to sit well with this happening. So I'm going to sit in the fence and let everybody else do it. Could that be the downfall of the idea, Tara? There are six and a half thousand social justice movements in the United Kingdom at the moment, various different uh, organizations. How, you know, I don't know how many millions of people are involved in, in those various, altogether in, in, um, in those organizations. All of these people, all of us are working away at something. When we unite, that power, as you say, will be far far larger than the sum of us as individuals mm. when we come together we we will be a force to be reckoned with we will not be we they will not be able to ignore us there is and this momentum is growing now the only thing at the moment that um people uh, i fi- i'm finding is that they are quite apathetic or they feel really disempowered. They feel that yes, this is terrible. It's awful what's happening. But and they are—they're also the, a lot of the truthers are stuck 
in the rut of their problem. So they're really, they're like a broken record, constantly going on about whatever it is that they are against. And what they haven't done and what they're not doing, and then this is a huge minds, um, uh, um, uh, a mindset shift for them, is looking and talking and creating a solution. So for me, I'm finding that they are harder to tackle than your average Joe public who doesn't really know much or doesn't really care about much because they are full of fear and they are also pretty disempowered after years of of just going on about the problem and fighting the state and feeling overwhelmed by the problem. So really what we need to realize is how much power we do have in this system. We, we, We have the power to, from a grassroots level to call for a constitution convention which is the highest authority in the land and whatever we call for if we get together and if we do this it's higher than the queen the judiciary and parliament and it and if we do not do this then quite frankly we deserve whatever the agendas that they have planned for us if we don't get off our asses, and if we don't sign, um, if we don't join, if we don't go to the parish meetings, if we don't do that minimum. And it's not much that we need to do. All we need to do is, is join the reset and encourage other people, get a minimum of at least 10 people, go to the parish meeting to call, call for the referendum, select a representative, and then, and then the constitutional convention will be put forward. And hey, presto, we've got we've got the most amazing transformation that is. I mean, I, you know, I have an amazing, vivid imagination, but I know it's not, what I'm imagining at the moment is nothing compared to what it will be because I've never been there, I've never tasted that, I've never experienced that, that joy, that freedom, freedom from you know from from slavery to 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 pure freedom to abundance to and and it be it, it's a very spiritual journey as well because at the moment people are so enslaved in the rut of the rat race that they are blinkered and blind and and dead spiritually and once that pressure is lifted they will it will be such a an, a release for them consciously and all of the the amazing things that are happening in the world where there is this huge, amazing evolution of consciousness, people realizing that we are all connected, we are all one with each other, with nature, with the universe, that anything that, that, that happens here has a huge impact there, that, that anything that happens there where we're the cause of, we need to be responsible for. All of that will be such a, an amazing realization for people. It will just be um, just beautiful. The the you know the outpouring, I believe, of love, of affinity, of harmony. Um, everything that uh, they are that are trying to suppress at the moment with their fluoride in the water, which is all about you know calcifying our pineal gland. Which is which is where we become open to 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 the oneness. Um, you know the poisons in our food, the poisons in the, the pharma medicine drugs that they push on us, the chemtrails that that 
disgusting poisons that they, you know, drop down on us every single day. All of that, once it's cleansed from us physically, once the the emotional pressure, the financial pressure is lifted, it'll just be an amazing opening of consciousness as well. And what I find most interesting as you speak, Tara, is the fact that this idea is so solution-based, but the solution doesn't lie with any kind of a, a centralized leader or somebody to govern all over again. So many revolutions down through history, and it's always, well, it ends up with replacing the old guard with the new guard. One leader yeah. replaces another, so nothing really changes. However, this is an intrinsic change. This is something completely different, and it's quite inspirational, because as you say, as you describe society as it exists, I think there's, um, there's kind of a collective Stockholm syndrome there at the moment yes. where people are so bowed down and they're so much part of the system that they think well you know I have to kind of love this and make the best of it because there is no alternative but what you've described is not only an alternative but it's not a pie in the sky alternative because people can begin and can start from the ground up and watch things progress in front of their very eyes and they have control over it every step of the way that's the beauty of it the power is never given away and that's what we've been doing for hundreds and hundreds of years we've been giving away our power You've described a system that allows everybody to take back their power if they really want it, to take back their power and hold on to it rather than take it back and just give it to somebody else. Yes, yes. And, and, and uh, you know, I absolutely will not give away my power ever again. Once we take our power and we get the taste of our power in our hands and take d decision making, policy making for our local community, take responsibility for that. Be a community member, contribute, all of that will transform the whole culture and ethos and ethics of the way that we live, which is very selfish and very egotistical at the moment. What of the uptake so far? What's the response been like? It's been really good, considering that... Um, at the moment, there's uh, not that many of us who are sort of activists. Um, you know, we have on average about 20 people a day, sometimes as many as 60 people a day joining. Um, we've got uh, lots of people right now who are talking about collaborating. So their movements, um, their organizations uh, collaborating with the reset, they're realizing that... Um, where you know where they are at the moment they, they haven't got far uh, doing what they're doing whereas the research will enable all of these movements to really get them to actually do what they want to do at the moment they are like a, a mosquito buzzing in the face of the state and, and and the state's just you know waving them away they're not doing anything with the reset we really do have the power to take back our rights and our liberties and our freedoms and then from that point it's so much easier to then put to the people everything that all these different social movements are asking for so grand juries for one you know um, reset is a big supporter of uh, the, the, the Bradbury pound is another one we do not want to uh, be tied to this Rothschild private banking system. Yeah, very briefly tell us what the Bradbury Pound is. I think that's worth uh, just just touching on there for a second in case people don't know what it is. So the Bradbury Pound was brought about, um, I can't remember which war it was, but it was brought, brought about just, just after that. It was It's a pound that's issued by the state and it's, uh, 
it, it's not charging it's it's not a debt based pound um, so at the moment we are constantly accumulating debt uh, to a private banking system essentially the, the the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and it will take us out of that out of that system but this is something that is not up to the reset to propose or dictate this will be out there for the people to decide mm. um, and for people to to make an educated uh, choice about so you know people like the Bradbury pound it will be up to them then to to pr- 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 uh, promote to propose what they have Absolutely, and I think certainly uh, people should look into the Bradbury Pound, what it is, and why the government brought it in, because they were very afraid of a bank run, which would have put the banks out of business in 1914, and would essentially then have shattered the usury-based system, which does enslave us. That That is the, the key method for enslavement, and keeps us chasing that 11th pound in 10, you know? So, I mean, mm-hmm. any kind of removal of usury is certainly something that's well worth looking at. Yes. I mean, once we do the referendum on the, the, abolishing the taxes, these things will happen on a regular basis that we can have referendums. They won't lead to a constitutional convention. They'll, they'll, be, a con- they'll be a referendum on certain issues on a national level. And then there'll be other things. For example, you know, what, what sort of pound do we want? What sort of monetary system do we want? And then there'll be other things that are totally local issues. Mm. So the, the school systems locally, what, si- what type of health do you want? Did, I mean, I, you know, personally, I would move to a parish that did completely natural herbal complementary medicines. That's extremely important to me. There might be other parishes who prefer to stay, you know, with the sort of present system. So it depends on how awake those par- parishioners are. Or that, constitu- or that constituency is and it'd be fluid because it it won't be set in stone so you know th- there'll be an opportunity for them to always um change further down the line uh, you know organic farming i i'm i would definitely move to somewhere where they there would be you know i, I would be happy to subsidize my local farmer uh, for the for the, the the farm to be organic and of course, the key thing there is no obligation. There's no obligation. I mean, every sentence pretty much that you've said since we began this yes. conversation is framed by the fact that there's an empowerment. There's no obligation. It's up to the people. And if what, what exactly there's choice there, which we currently don't have. And that is a fact. We don't have choice yes. at the moment. Yes. At the moment, we're dictated from the top. This way, we choose, we decide. And even then, if there's something that we don't like within our local constituency, it's so, you know, we don't have to leave the country if we don't like the laws. We just move to, an, we look at, just like families look at schools and they move to an area where the schools are good. Yeah. People will just move and, and naturally the constituencies and, and people will, will realise what's, uh, what's better for them, what's, what, what's in demand. Well, the whole system is absolutely fascinating. It's the first time I've, I mean, I've heard many propose solutions to the problems that we have in society at the moment, but I've never heard one that seems so fluid. And I think fluidity is the key because we are fluid beings, or at least we should be. And we're, we shouldn't be mechanized, which is what the system requires of us at the moment. I mean, we are, for all intents and purposes, enslaved machines walking around the place half the time and we have to do things because that's the way it's not the natural way but it's the way it's the way we're told it's the way we're thought and it's a paradigm-based system so 
What you're saying is really inspirational, Tara. I think it's um, beyond that. It's aspirational also. And I think that people should go to the website. So tell them how they can and how they can get involved. So the website is www.thereset.org. If you join, when you join, go and share. This is an amazing possibility that we're creating here. It's, it's almost, you know, you, you can't imagine really how amazing it is. If you just if you just think of some of the things that, that are possible, seven and a half thousand pounds per person, uh, two hundred million to decide for your local community what you want to do with that money. You know, this is something that's beyond anything that we've ever ever experienced before. Just just imagine what that would feel like. Um, there's been research done, in fact, that uh, when there's been communities that have been given a living wage instead of productivity going down, it's actually increased. So I have to admit that the first time that I found out about this living wage, I thought, oh, that's going to encourage people to sit on their backside. Um, and I wasn't really too keen until I discovered these, uh, these studies. So when people feel that pressure off them, then they are they, they and they choose then to do the projects that they want to get involved with in their local community. They're so full of happiness and joy and 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 want to contribute and want to take part and want to do their bit. It's just a total transformation. So go on go on the site, join up, talk to other people. Get them to join, not just in your local parish, but, you know, your family and friends all over the United Kingdom. Spread the word. Go online. Share. There's there's some amazing information on the website, um, really amazing uh, memes that you can share, videos. Uh, share that constantly on, on, on the website. Oh, sorry, on your Facebook, on Twitter. We haven't got long. We've only got a couple of months until uh, September. Um, really, really, it's a small w opportunity or a small window of opportunity we've got. And the reason why it's really urgent is on the 1st of November, the government is pushing through a law that will actually make it, um, it will make, it will make, it will give away our power, our, our sovereignty even further to the EU. So there's another 43 critical areas of decision making in law that uh, we will, on the 1st of November, the government will be signing away to, to the EU. So we have to make it absolutely clear before then that we are sovereign, not Europe, that we decide what we want to do, what, what, what's going to happen to us in our country, not Europe, not some bu bureaucratic, uh, non-elected person, you know, who's, I think it's 50 billion pounds, um, the, it, it goes towards the EU per day at the moment. And all of that money also will be recouped and, you know, will we'll, we'll come back to us. Because according to uh, our laws, our sovereignty should never have been given away in the first place. Mm. And I believe you have an event coming up as well. Tell us about that for those who might be interested this weekend. So this weekend, we have a uh, an event in Glastonbury. And it's going to be in the evening. It's going to be a presentation on the reset. 
Um, it's not been confirmed. So if you do want to come, we are going to confirm it. Uh, it's soon to be confirmed. So if you do want to come, please uh, write into the reset in the inquiry section that you do want to come and we will then keep in contact with you with all the details. So if if it does happen, it'll be this Friday, it'll be at 7.30, it'll be in Glastonbury, but we don't have the venue confirmed. Um, and it's because we don't know the numbers and we don't know, you know, whether it's going to be small enough for, for this venue or large enough for that venue, etc. So it's going to be this Friday, it's going to be a presentation on the reset, and it's going to be at 7.30. Please send your inquiry if you're interested, and then we will know according to how many numbers are interested, which venue to, to book. I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Tara Ahmed, it's been absolutely fantastic to talk and I look forward to checking in in the future to see how things are going. People can check out the website, thereset.org. Thank you for joining me on Alchemy Radio. Thank you so much. It's been really wonderful actually talking to you. You've asked some really pertinent questions. Alchemy Radio. Alchemy Radio.
I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of Alchemy Radio. Remember, we rely on donations to keep the show in its current free and advertising-free format and are extremely grateful for any help you can offer. There's no fixed cost on donations. Every little helps, so anything you could spare at all goes a long, long way and helps keep us afloat. The donate button is on the website and your support and assistance is hugely appreciated and indeed a huge thank you to everybody for your recent help and support. We really couldn't do it without you. Until next time, I have the power, you have the power, we have the power. Alchemy Radio. Alchemy Radio. Analyze.